HBs, this is Heaving Bosoms, the podcast where two far-flung friends talk about a new romance novel each week. And this week, we've got a juicy one. We were so looking forward to America's Thanksgiving holiday that we had to celebrate in romance land, too. After all, the genre has given us so much to be thankful for. And who better to make a wholesome holiday extra steamy than your pal and mine, Tiffany Reese. Side note, we just realized we've been butchering her last name and we're appropriately shamefaced. Tiffany, you got us. We've experimented with some self-flagellation in your honor. But now let's gear up for turkey, cranberry sauce, and of course, getting stuffed with the second in the Minute Work series, Her Naughty Holiday by Tiffany Reese. Hello, Melody. Oh, hi, Erin. How are you? Good. How are you? Wonderful. What are your Thanksgiving plans? My Thanksgiving plans? Yeah. I think we're actually hosting Thanksgiving. <gasps> That's exciting. I think we're hosting a Friendsgiving. Oh, cool. At my house. Yay. Yeah, it'll be good. Probably like two or three other couples. So, so yeah. fun. What are you doing? Oh, we usually go over to my mother-in-law's house, and it's the best. Mm-hmm. We have like a quasi healthy Thanksgiving except I bring all the pie because (laughs) yeah that's who I am (laughs) yeah um but yeah no I'm really excited well you know I have to make everything myself because we can't do dairy so Mm -hmm. I make specialty delicious non-dairy pies and it's the best like don't most pies not have a lot of dairy like you can make a like an apple pie with no dairy like fruit pies for sure the well except the crust is usually made with butter like all the butter oh sometimes it's i forgot lard, the butter was dairy but usually <laughs> it's butter oh boy <laughs> yeah so i use i use coconut oil and then pumpkin pies are usually just condensed milk so yeah, yeah. that's a bit much so i do i do non-dairy <laughs> pumpkin pies too anyway i'm stoked about it it's my favorite holiday of the year really so. thanksgiving yeah, yeah. I love wow. that moment where you sit down at the table and everyone says what they're thankful for. It makes my heart sing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so corny. <laughs> but yeah, and I usually cry every time I talk about what I'm thankful for. It's the most. Um, I'm so ready for our book this week because we decided that we had to do a Thanksgiving theme and we tried one book, but Aaron yeah. opened it up and it was full of typos. Uh, we and we we tried one that had like a really good like a really good title, but then I opened it up and it was a little too self-published, which I I am all for indie authors and self-publishing your romance and erotica, like get after it, but this one was a little But you still have to edit it. Yeah. You still have to spell things correctly. Sorry, yeah. not sorry. So I was like, oh, no, what do we do? And um, so I started like rooting around for some Thanksgiving books. And then I found out that Tiffany Rise, our old <laughs> friend, the, the Minute Work series of which her Halloween treat is the first book mm-hmm. is a series of three that are holiday books. So there's her Halloween yeah. treat and then there's a Thanksgiving book and then there's a Christmas book. So um, get so- ready, everyone. <laughs> Buckle up. We're going into her naughty holiday. Her naughty holiday. Which is Tiffany Rise Men at Work book two. 
Thanksgiving <sighs> themed. So exciting. At first, Erin was really hesitant to ask because she thought that I was going to be like, we can't do to this author again. And I was like, nope, definitely <laughs> doing it. <laughs> I am here. Because whether or not we do the third one around Christmas time, which I don't know, listener, if you want be us to, to let it. us know, or if you're bored with it, let us know. You should let us know if you don't want us to. I'm going to read it either way. Oh, I'm definitely reading yeah. it. Yeah. So... Yeah, did you? So you liked it? Oh, I I really enjoyed this book. Yeah, I mean, we were texting because there are a couple of things that usually drive me bonkers town. And once again, I think that uh-huh. I should just join every Tiffany Rice fan club there is on the internet because she managed <laughs> to make things that normally drives me insane perfectly charming and I know. wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, and we'll we'll get to our our text conversation. But was I right? Was you were I totally right? right. You were totally okay, right. Okay, good, good, good. Because I was ahead of Melody in this uh, in this book, so I kept trying to like assuage her fears. All right, so this book has Clover Green is our Oof. heroine. Too much. <laughs> yeah, but I kind of liked it. What ended up happening is all her siblings have names that go with green, so it's Clover, Hunter, and Kelly. Yeah, <laughs> I loved it's it. a lot. It's a lot. Um, and she owns a nursery with two locations, and we're still at Mount Hood in oregon right okay oregon let's get let's let's make this clear everyone okay let me set the record straight it is not oregon there is no e at the end it's not oregon because it's not a spice it's oregon you hit the first o and then you you slide through the rest oregon all right so here we are in oregon right on hood Oh, right outside of Lost Lake again. Oh, God. I'm going to reach through <laughs> yeah. the iPad and strangle and like, you. There's a, there's a delicious little clo- crossover, too, with Lost Lake. But mm-hmm. anyway, so Clover owns two nurseries, greenhouses, uh, where she sells plants. And we open up to her and her 17-year-old assistant, Ruthie, who, who is, uh, once again, one of the best secondary characters fucking fantastic ever. just she's a fantastic best. uh bff character but she's also like much younger than clover who is 30 and um she's her employee so it's not like quite the friend dynamic but she's great ruthie is precocious yes she is a fierce liberal environmentalist uh she is a, a neo-pagan which those of us who live in that world just call pagans but that's fine that's right and um she <laughs> says great things like she says goddess instead of god you know it's it's wonderful and what we found out was clover has gotten an offer to sell her nursery for five million dollars and she must decide on the monday after thanksgiving it's now sunday yes and then in the same instant, we find out that she has been kind of elected to host her family Thanksgiving this year. And she can't even be happy about this offer to buy her nursery because she's so dreading her family coming over Thanksgiving because her family is awful. Her family's a living nightmare. Awful. They are not proud of her. They are mean to her all the time. They're incredibly belittling. It's awful. Yeah. And one of the things they're belittling about is that she has yet to find a husband and have children like her brother and sister have. So mm-hmm. so at some point during this, Ruthie decides that she ought to hire somebody to be her boyfriend for the weekend. And she goes on some male escort sites and finds that Sven is half off this week. Yes. <laughs> tries, to, <laughs> tries to convince Clover to buy Sven for the week. 
But then Ruthie's like, on the other hand, I'm going down to LA to spend Thanksgiving with my mom. My dad's going to be all alone anyway. Y'all make eyes at each other constantly and have been for the past year. So why don't you just have my dad be your Sven? (laughs) Yeah. They kind of talk about how her dad, Ruthie's dad, Eric, is hot. This gets a little bit rough for me because Ruthie is like full on acknowledging that her dad is like hot and that her mom has mentioned that he's good in bed, which like what what is this family that her mom's like oh no i was there i was there my my parents were not very (laughs) open about all of that but i definitely got enough history like there are families where where things are very open so i didn't find it creepy at all because she was just like i mean don't get me wrong it's gross but like objectively my dad's hot and young and y'all can't keep your eyes off each other so can you just stop i don't know yeah So, yeah, Ruthie is very, like, cognizant that her dad is uh, sexy. And she also has kind of noticed that Clover has been kind of eyeing him up when he drops her off for work and that he's kind of eyeing up Clover as well. This is where we find out that Ruthie got the job right after she got convicted of arson for burning down some kind of building that had something to do with factory farming. She's basically an eco-terrorist and no one would give her a job because of that. And also she's just very weird and political all the time. And she's got really, she's got green hair at this point. Yeah, I think so. She's just like, she's great. Like she has some great great. one-liners. Like she says she admires male escorts because they're the only men on the planet doing what the goddess intends men to do, (laughs) devoting themselves entirely to female pleasure. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. And um, for a 17 year old, that's, that's pretty good stuff. Well, and so Eric, Ruthie's dad showed up in the nursery with Ruthie and was like, listen, she is a good kid and she loves nature and I think she could be good at this, but, you know, she's got this background. And Clover Mm -hmm. saw her potential and took her on. And for that, everyone has been very thankful. And Ruthie loves Clover. I mean, they're like, you know, they're actual friends and... Mm -hmm. She's like, whatever. So when when Clover's like, no, I couldn't do that. You're my employee. He's your dad. It would be really weird. There's also a whole lot of terror on Clover's part about romantic issues, which she gets into later. That's probably actually fueling this more than the I want to respect employee boss boundaries. But when she says, no, I couldn't do that. Ruthie's like, whatever. I didn't want a super cool stepmom anyway. So bye. Get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, and Clover, she says, my dad likes you. And Clover's like, why would your dad like me? What do you mean he likes me? And she's like, I mean, he likes you. Why wouldn't he like you? You're nice and you're a goddess. You know, she's always calling her a goddess. It's It's wonderful. So. So Eric shows up. Eric shows up. (laughs) To pick up Ruthie and take her to the airport. Right. Um, And they kind of have like a little bit like a kind of minor, hey, how are you sort of flirtation, but it doesn't go anywhere. And he leaves. And then later that night, he knocks on her door again, and Clover answers the door, and he says that Ruthie, after she left to go visit her mother for Thanksgiving, um, left her cell phone at the nursery she and needs him. Got her phone. The, <laughs> she needs him to mail it. <laughs> forgot her phone, and they joke about how it's usually just like surgically attached to her. So mm-hmm. how could she have done this? Because mm-hmm. um, Ruthie is the tits. Right. So they start flirting, and I loved the flirting between the two of them. Once again, it's just snappy. It's mm-hmm. honest. It's direct. It is fun. 
It's great. Yeah. It's really good. Um, so he is an older man and he's got like some gray hair and stuff. He's were, were 38. You, like, into that? He's got a little bit of well, salt that's and older. pepper. That's eight years older than our heroine. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, and yes, I was absolutely into it. Um, yeah. Okay, so it says he was handsome, ruggedly handsome with his close cropped brown and gray hair and his dark eyes that always seemed to be laughing at something and tall, definitely. And Eric was manly with his buff colored work coat, his steel tipped work boots and his hands always stained with paint or deck stain. Manly without being macho, which she appreciated. She had no time for macho or swagger in a man. No posturing for her. Which I liked. You know what? So he's Preach, a manly Clover. man. Yeah. Preach. <laughs> okay. So they flirt and they're kind of like, hey, you know, we've kind of liked each other for a long time. Like, why haven't we flirted before? Like, this is kind of nice. They're kind of like getting into it. He um, makes fun of her a little bit for always wearing, she wears turtlenecks with uh, vests over them. And this was not written in like the 90s. This was written like pretty recently as far as I can tell. Right? No, and, and I mean, as a person oh. from the Pacific Northwest, it makes sense that you would wear turtlenecks with like fleece vests over it because most of the year it's pretty cold. Um, like not mm-hmm. most of the year, but especially if you're in an environment like a um, like a nursery where a lot of it is open air. Hell yeah, I would be a little bit buttoned up. But once again, it's also because Clover has some body issues and she likes to be a bit more covered up mm-hmm. than, than a lot of other people. Which usually I don't like in a book. But no, that's one of my ended up being okay. Yeah. No, I really like their flirting. I really liked I really like the fact that although she's obviously hesitant and um not sure of herself, she still comes right out and just asks things. So at the end of this flirty conversation, right. she's just like, Hey, um, I was wondering if you would maybe want to spend Thanksgiving with me and my awful family and be my fake boyfriend so that they don't give me hell about having a a desert vagina and uh and he's like oh i could fake boyfriend it right up i'm Uh an excellent fake boyfriend sign me up let's do this and he's like well i'd love to spend the night at your house or do they they kiss in the office right uh yeah they do yes they do kiss so he's like you know we should probably get familiar with each other so it's not weird so your family buys this and then but first before they kiss they hold hands which i really like because he like offers his hand to her and then she holds it and then kind of hold hands for a while and she says this is nice holding hands i'd forgotten how nice this was and um she just kind of like stands there holding his hand for a while and then then they kiss but like it's not a great kiss well, oh yeah. For her, she he's like he's like a good kisser. Like he's like, mm. mm-hmm. but she's like kisses him and like doesn't move her mouth at all. Yeah. So he's got to like kind of make coax it her happen. Into it. Yeah. So it's not a great kiss, but he's still very into it, which I kind of I like that because he was like, <laughs> yeah, he wasn't turned off immediately. Yeah. And so um, she needs her deck fixed at her house because there's a bunch of kids going to come over for Thanksgiving and she wants them to be able to use her fire pit to make s'mores and there are a few boards that are unsafe. So before they even got into this flirtation, she was like, would you mind fixing my deck? I can pay you. He's like, no, you know, I don't want to pay you. You gave Ruthie this job, like, or I don't want you to pay me because you gave Ruthie this job. So, 
you know, I'll come over tomorrow morning and fix your deck at 8 a.m. So after they're kind of flirting and they made out a little bit, then he's like, well, what if I just like spent the night at your house and then I'd already be there to fix your deck More so sleep. early it's in the better, morning? It's better for everyone, yeah. really. And then um, he's kind of like, you know, and we could sleep together, you know, sexually. And she's like, okay. And then she, like, she's immediately like, oh, God, I agreed to this. I'm like, what's going to happen and all this. And, you know. And he starts really cackling cute. because he's uh-huh. like, I didn't think you'd actually agree. Right. And it's so cute. And then she's like, well, how about this? You can come over, but, but like, don't assume that sex is going to happen. We can do more making out. We can do more you know, cuddling and stuff, but don't automatically assume that sex is on the table. Yeah. So he goes home and gets a bunch of his stuff, right? He's got to do something. Oh, no, he's got to mail Ruthie her phone because he's got to go to the 24-hour UPS store because she's like, mail this immediately, dad. Yeah. So he goes and does that. Um, and he says he'll be and there in an clothes. hour. Yeah. yeah. And then they smooch again. And he's like, half hour. I'll be there in a half right? hour. And so... <laughs> She drives home to her cabin in the woods Mm. uh, where she lives in this, like, kind of one-bedroom small house. And she just freaks out. Like, she's trying to hide all her messes. Like, it's pretty not messy, but she folds the same afghan, like, five times to make it not look disheveled. And she 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 changes her clothes a bunch. And she settles on Mm -hmm. a a giant little house on the prairie style nightgown with a yellow robe over it. (laughs) And then she's like, oh, God, this is awful. I shouldn't wear this. And then he knocks on the door and she doesn't have a choice. She's got to go answer it. Right. Yeah. And she's yeah. So she answers it. She's wearing like two layers of frumpy clothing. because She's so (laughs) freaked out. He just finds this funny and they have a lot more like... I just really liked it. Oh, yeah. The banter is great. And like she shows him around the house. And I don't know. She says something to elicit him being like, well, you're wearing um, (laughs) like a sail of a sailboat, basically. I forget what he compares her nightgown to, but it's. Oh, yeah. So something she says, he's like, stop hiding from me. And she goes, what makes you think I want to hide from you? And he goes, you're mm-hmm. wearing a bathrobe oh, or a it. nightgown that's got so much ma- material, I could make it uh, a schooner sail out of it. And you're doing that grandma thing where you're holding the lapels of your robe together like you're afraid I'll see your neck or some other unmentionable part of your body. It's very cute, this shyness. Uh-huh. She goes, I really yeah. want to be sexy and flirty with you. But if I ever knew how to do that, I've forgotten how. And he mm-hmm. goes, you are sexy. And she goes, not like you. <laughs> uh-huh. And I think this is where they make the Star Wars joke where she says he looks like Harrison Ford, but with a beard, like a oh young my God, Harrison I love that. Ford. Um, and then he leans down to her uh, yeah. and he goes, I know. I know. <laughs> As a person with a watercolor of Leia up on my wall, um, I really <laughs> dug this joke. Yeah. So, um... He convinces her to put on his T-shirt with some underwear. So she goes to the bathroom, puts on his T-shirt, which smells so wonderful and like cedar and man. And pure testosterone. Mm, And she puts it on and um, he's like, you know, very into it. And they start kissing. 
and the kissing gets really good. She says she's forgotten how intense kissing could be or how terrifying it could be in the best sort of way because her heart's going flitter flutter. And there's a lot of consent here, Melody. I don't know if you you want to touch on it, but there's a lot of him asking if he can touch her certain places. Um, My consent boner was unfurled. (laughs) (laughs) She says... um, he says, do you want to touch me? And she's like, yes, I want to touch you very much. Can I please? And he says, that's the politest way any woman has ever asked to rub my cock in my entire life. <laughs> <laughs> Your manners are impeccable, Miss Green. Um, and so they kind of get to second base and, and third base. And yeah, so then they round all the bases. She's like, well, yeah, well, let's no, do it. Isn't he, isn't he fingering her? And then she's like... Mm-hmm. I want you. Like, yeah, get it. Just, get, let's get do going. this. Um, and earlier she had mentioned that she's on birth control and she has a latex allergy. So there's a little bit of like scuffle about condoms, but they end up doing it no condom, which I don't know how I feel about that. Didn't really need to have a latex allergy in the book to like they could have got a condom. Yeah, the the sexual health educator in me is um, <laughs> was really just cowering in the corner but they did at least have a conversation where they talked about they sort of implied that they had been tested mm-hmm, right. recently yeah. he was like i'm so clean it's sad basically and uh, she we learn in a minute has not had enough experience probably to get anything right but just for the record listener um and tiffany Rice, don't believe somebody when there, they tell you that don't you don't believe no, yeah yeah, don't don't do that. But also, no. um, non latex condoms definitely exist. They exist. Like, They're out there. They they make those for all the people with latex allergies, just like they uh-huh. make non latex hospital gloves for the people with latex allergies. They yeah, could definitely have made this a very safe sex situation. And the the author could have acknowledged it because he says, okay, um, I've got to go to the UPS store and I've also got to buy some condoms. And she goes, I'm allergic to latex. And he's like, nah, I'm still going to buy some condoms just so that the person at the store will know that I'm having sex with somebody tonight, like as a joke. <laughs> I'm like, well, just say you're going to get some other kind Non-latex of condoms. condoms. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So he's so like, he, yes. The hilarious thing about him, though, is that when he gets close <gasps> to, I do too, I when he gets it. close to, like when he gets really excited about what's happening, he cannot control the stream of sexiness that comes out of his mouth. And it's usually, um, it's usually like pretty dirty. Really vulgar. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I so I um, at so one much. point, at one point she's, she's giving him a hand job and he's like, I want to pound your pussy until like blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And she is getting, she's into it. She likes yeah. it. And so as they're having sex, he goes, Oh my God, you're so tight. It's like, you've never been fucked before. And she goes, I haven't. Because <laughs> <laughs> She's a virgin. And he's like, he's a little like, and so he, he stops he's for like a minute. And she's like, don't stop. Bit. That feels really good. Keep going. Yeah. Like, don't do that. So they finish, and he's like, hi, so do you want to tell me about what's happening in the experience department? And this is also the point Melody texts Aaron and says, hi, um, do you want to maybe tell me what's going on in the experience department? Because she's pissed off that we're reading a virgin book. And I'm ahead of her at this point, so I'm like, no, 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 it's okay, don't worry about it. 
So um, they talk about. No, like, actually, I texted she... you way before this. I texted you when oh. when all of the hints were happening. When mm. we were getting like the the little because there are little Easter eggs in there that that's like mm-hmm. hinting at the fact that she's. So I was like, Aaron, precisely how inexperienced are we talking here? <laughs> <laughs> I believe you texted me all caps. Is there a virgin in this book? Which. <laughs> I took a little bit of offense to because, hey, Duchess of Warcraft had a virgin in it, and it was the the worst kind of virgin, which was the man. And so, don't even don't don't lecture me about how there's a virgin in this book. Can I just say that you chose <sighs> anyway, that book too? <laughs> I don't. No, here's the thing. Allegedly, I'm not here. Wait, I need to go on the record here. I'm not anti-virgin. I'm anti the virginal trope. Right. That is in romance novels. Right. And they address it very well in this book. Yes. This is not the virginal trope. Yes. There are plenty of 30-year-old virgins walking around. I'm not saying, like, you shouldn't be a virgin at 30 years old. And that's, yes, totally fine. Right. It's just one of those things in romance novels that's, like, taking the virginity of the, ugh. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and... And I was really, honestly, after having such a great experience with um, her Halloween treat, I was really worried that my girl TR was going to let me down. But she mm-hmm. didn't. <laughs> because again, this is no. not the virginal trope. Okay, so um, they talk about how she didn't tell him beforehand and why and how he would have maybe uh, gone after the situation differently had he known. And she was like, no, it was good that you didn't, you know, because then it would have been kind of like in the air and this was so good. Um, and then there's this passage where he's thinking about, he kind of likes that she was a virgin. And then he says, this is from his perspective. Of course, he could hear Ruthie's voice in his head telling that he, telling him that he should never judge a woman's worth by her sexual history, that the concepts of sexual purity and virginity were outmoded views that reinforced a toxic patriarchy in America that sought to police women and their bodies. And while he agreed with her, because he knew that was good for him, and also because she made a good point, he still couldn't quite wipe the stupid grin off his face every time he thought about being Clover's first. It had nothing to do, this is important, it had nothing to uh-huh. do with her and everything to do with him feeling like he'd been paid a very high compliment. And once again, my girl TR did not <laughs> let me down. Mm, good. <laughs> because it was like, it wasn't about, oh, was so oh I got this thing. It was about, yeah. she chose me and he, she trusted he, loves, me. he likes her so much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, it was so lovely. It was great. Uh, so um, they go to bed the snuggle. She's got a full-size bed, which he's, like, all about. He's like, mm, you can't hide from me in this full-size bed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then she wakes up the next morning to the sounds of him fixing her deck. <laughs> yes. I was at the table for that. I was on board. I was like, ah, oh, just waking up to the sounds of a man fixing your deck for you. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't do as much for me. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> But you know, <laughs> um, I'm glad that you so liked she it. goes downstairs. <laughs> yeah, she goes downstairs, and he gets her some coffee, and he's got a he's getting finished with her deck, and um, they make some great jokes about morning wood and cedar being uh, something that helps sexual drive. It's, like I don't it, know virility, right? Virility, yeah. Well, and, and he immediately starts making plans and he's like, okay, so I'll, um, I'll just run back to my house. I should be done by this time. And then I'll, oh God, you haven't even invited me back here yet. Like, look at me being stupidly presumptuous. Yeah. And she's like, no, no, no. Yeah. She's like, oh yeah. So, um, would you like to come back? (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, and they have sex on the table, the dining room table. Well, so he goes down on her right. in a really yes. great way. Mm-hmm. Hold on. I do have a passage that I want to read for this section because it's really lovely. Okay, so he puts her on the table and he's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to go down on you. And and she was like, he was like, have you have you had oral sex before? And she was like, yeah, but yeah. I was either too young or too nervous to come or maybe I could have, but he just quit too soon. And Eric's like, don't worry about that. I am not going to quit until you tell me to stop. Please don't tell me to stop. And she goes, I won't. I want it. And he Mm -hmm. goes, my three favorite words to hear from a woman, he said, (laughs) while pushing her thighs open. And then a little while later. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, we just totally, we totally forgot um, when she showed him her breasts. The night before. Oh my god. Which is really important. So right. It's so important. Okay. So when they have sex, she has sex with her shirt on. Yes. And then I I don't remember what the conversation was that led to. Oh, and she also she also asks to turn off the lights. Right. So she basically is like, All right, my body's not that great. And she had made some comments in her internal monologue already about like his body being really like, you know, manual labor, muscular and stuff, and how her body was less than good. And I was just like, Ugh, TR, like, don't do this shit to me. Yeah, like if she's gonna do have it to body me. image issues, I swear to God. But then what happened was she had breast reduction surgery. Wait, 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 can I can I can I tell the reveal first? Because I really yeah, like yeah, the yeah, reveal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have sex and she's basically like, you know, he's like, you are so gorgeous. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm really not. And he can't fathom why she would think that. And so she pulls up her shirt and shows him her breasts. And that on its own was like, oh, that's really great. Like a woman with body issues, just bearing it all. Mm -hmm. I actually like that. But then, um, He's like, wow, you're you're really, really beautiful. And she goes, can't you see the scars? And he goes, yeah, of course I can. But like, mm-hmm. you're still really, really beautiful. <laughs> mm. So go ahead. So she had breast reduction surgery that left her with these scars. And when she had the surgery, she was dating a man who, a man, a boy, who mm. didn't want her to have the surgery and used his And who like, also coveted her virginity. Ugh. Yeah, bleh. Basically was like, you know, I'm a Christian and you're altering your body in a way that God didn't intend and basically dumped her right after. And then other men had made comments about the scars. And and he's such a hypocrite. He basically just loved her tits, which I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, that's fine too. But she was like, altering my body. Did you or did you not have LASIK surgery, sir? Right. Yeah. And he's like, oh, that's not the same. Oh, that's different. That's different. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, um, and then, you know, other men have made comments about the scars and it's made her be very self-conscious and it's probably led to her still being a virgin um because she doesn't seem to have any like hang-ups about no one not wanting to lose her virginity she just she's gotten these body confidence issues not to mention that she then threw herself into starting a a really successful business which she definitely succeeded at right okay so next morning um that happens on the table yeah and then he has wait so okay hold on i have to read this part okay so he had her thighs in his large, strong hands, and she opened her legs wider for him because it felt so good to do it. She realized as she did it that she wanted him to see her, all of her. She couldn't recall a time when she wanted to be looked at by a man. Self-consciousness had kept her closed off and bundled up for her entire adult life. How freeing it felt to simply be naked and unafraid, naked and unashamed. Mm. So then... 
after he leaves her house, after that, he calls Ruthie to tell Ruthie that he did ask her out because Ruthie had been pressuring him for however long to ask out Clover. So he just wants her to know that he's now been on a date with her boss because he doesn't want to hide that from her. And somehow during the conversation, Ruthie figures out <laughs> just from like that his they have choice, done the nasty that they have done sex and that <laughs> Clover was a virgin beforehand. Or No, she already knew that. She already, already knew, knew that. that Clover had already told her that. So um, this makes Ruthie very mad because she knows that 24 hours ago, the two of them were not even dating. And now all of a sudden. Uh, Clover's lost her virginity. So she goes off and she's like, how could you do this to Clover? She is a goddess. You're not worthy of her goddessness. And, you know, she's like, listen, I know Clover. She's too nice to complain. But inside, she probably wishes it had been a little more romantic. But she doesn't know how to ask for what she wants and blah, blah, blah. So um, she says, listen, Clover has given you a gift. A gift. And he's all like, he's all like, oh, I'm sorry. I thought virginity wasn't a gift and blah, 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 about puritanical, blah, blah, blah. And he thinks he's really trumped her. And, and Ruthie's like, no, her virginity is not the gift. What is it? Oh, yeah. He says, didn't you say virginity was a sexist, sexist outmoded concept created by men? And she goes, no, I'm not talking about virginity. I'm talking about trust. She trusted you and you have to honor the gift of her trust. Honor the gift, pops. Honor the <laughs> gift. <laughs> And he's like, okay, all right, I have to honor the gift, honor the gift, got it. So then he goes back that night. Do they spend another night at their house or do they go to the, do they go no, to the cabin? No, so they go back, he goes back to her house. And isn't this when she has, she has spoken to her family. She told her dad. Oh, right, right. She told so her she dad called her that family. she's going to have a boyfriend at Thanksgiving. right. And they were asking questions that made it seem like that, like, she's she did this, she got a fake boyfriend to please them, and they were still like, oh, what does he do for a living, and does he have, does he want kids, because they really want her to have kids, and she says that he has a daughter already who's 17, and her mom seems to kind of scoff at that, and this really upsets her. Um, and she tries to start telling her mom that about the offer for the buyout of her nursery, and her mom kind of glosses over it, and she's just really, really upset. Meanwhile, he's thinking about how he can um, make up for the fact that last night wasn't romantic, because now Ruthie's got in his head that he's, like, done this disservice to her. So, you know, he's thinking about it, and he says, uh, maybe he should have brought her flowers, maybe he should have lit some candles, maybe he should have honored the nature goddess, whatever that was. <laughs> Clover did like nature. Any woman named Clover would have to like nature. And when they talked about their favorite types of sex last night, she said something about sex by the lake. Like, they were talking about all the different kinds of sex they might have in the future. And it's actually really cute, because he's mm -hmm. like, you can have... Oral, anal, don't worry, that's not a deal breaker with me. Vaginal, which we've had, and I'd love to have again a few thousand times. But you know, there's sweet sex, gentle sex, rough sex, dirty sex, sex in different positions, sex in different places, like cars and hotels and swimming pools. Not recommended. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And this yeah. is when she goes, no pool sex? And he goes, I've tried it, but it's like pushing a tennis ball into a coin slot. The lack of lubrication does not work. Maybe in right. books and movies, but not in the real world. Yeah, so they've talked about all this, you know, type of sex, and he wants to make this special lakeside sex happen for her. Right. But he, so what does he do? Like, he, he calls, calls Joey. Chris, <laughs> Chris Stephenson. 
And Joey answers the phone. And Joey's like, oh, he's in the shower. And I'm like, yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. um, So he was the contractor that did some of the work for the Lost Lake cabin rentals that Joey and Chris set up in her Halloween Including the one they live in. Right. So um, he asks if he can rent this particular one that has a big window that looks out onto the lake and is right on the shore of the lake. And they're like, sure, for free, because you're the you're the contractor. And I wrote a note that says the sex cabin in all caps with a bunch of exclamation points. I'm like, I'm so glad we're back at the sex cabin. Anyway, uh, so so. she's been getting a barrage of calls and texts and her family is just harassing her to get like information on Eric. And she's really stressed not only about Thanksgiving, but now about this new thing. So he's like, listen, we're going to leave your phone at the house and we're going to go to this cabin that I've rented and just take a couple of days away just to hang out and acquaint ourselves with each other Mm -hmm. and relax would you like mm-hmm. to do that? And she says, yes, absolutely. Yes. I'm going to go pack a bag. Let's go. So she packs a bag. They go to this cabin that's only like five miles away. And they go out on the lake and they canoe. And Is it gorgeous. Yeah. They canoe on the lake. He's rowing her around. And this is where. So up until now, it's been like, you're my fake boyfriend. We're in a fake relationship. And I was like, oh, God, I don't want this to go on. The whole time. Like, I don't want it to be after Thanksgiving. And then they decide, like, I want you to be my boyfriend in real life. And that was my naughty holiday, the end. Like, I didn't want that to happen. Right, right, right. And I was so happy. But the the night before, though, we learn that Eric is definitely on the real boyfriend train. But Mm -hmm. because he wants to honor her choices, he wants Mm -hmm. to honor the fact that she's got a lot going on right now. He wants to honor the fact that he's her first. And so she might want to play the field a bit because he would want to if he were in her shoes. So he's like, I'm not going to pressure her into any kind of situation because everyone's pressuring her right but then the next day in the canoe right it's so cute yeah they're she's like do you want to maybe like keep dating after thanksgiving like you know and be like my real boyfriend and he's like sure and that's it like it's not it's so great i don't know well and actually what i think she says is i'd like to keep seeing you if you're open to that there's yeah. no waffling. Ugh. There's no insecurity. There's just like, here's this thing I want. I would like to know mm-hmm. if you are down. And he mm-hmm. he inside is doing this cosmic happy dance, but he played it very cool on the outside. Right. And then um, she's like, you said some things because the night before <laughs> she had given him this, uh, this, oh, I don't know. So the whole like virginity thing, there were a little bit of a tropey trope things in here mm-hmm. because although she says that she had boyfriends and they did everything but mm-hmm. the night before she gave him her first blowjob to completion and i'm like if you've been doing everything but for months like i just don't know why that would be your first blowjob to completion but fine mm-hmm but when she was doing that, he said some, I guess, very dirty things. And she's like, you know, that thing that you said when I was doing that last night, I kind of like to he's try like, that. Yeah, he's, he's like, like I no, blacked sex out. trance. I don't know <laughs> yeah. what the fuck I said. <laughs> I have no idea what I said. And she's like, well, um, if you can get me back to the house, I'd like to show you. And so he's like, he's never rode faster in his life. He's like, uh-huh. His palms literally start bleeding because he's been rowing so fast. And then she takes the oars and she starts rowing, which I really liked. I did like that too. Okay, so hold on though. Remember in her Halloween treat when I was like, I really dislike the fade to black that happened for those two weeks where they were boning? 
Mm-hmm. This one didn't do a two-week split. It was just multiple fades to black. It happened like four times. And one of the times was when they went back to the house and she tied him up. Mm-hmm. Frankly, I would have liked <laughs> I would have liked to read about some light bondage mm-hmm. in a Harlequin Blaze novel, but maybe that's just me. <laughs> anyway, I uh, guess yeah, so they do that. There's another one where she um she's brought some lingerie and he wants to take it off her right away and she's like, "No, I spent good money on this, like at least 1 hour." And so they do some like teasing for an hour, which is kind of nice. It is. There's an excellent G-spot orgasm in that encounter. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then the weekend kind of comes to the end and they watch the sunrise together out the window on And they make sweet sweet love. Yeah, <laughs> on the morning before Thanksgiving and then he's like she she says something like nothing could, you know, change my wonderful bliss at this moment. I am on top waking of the up world. with yeah, with you in the sunrise and he's like I know how to change it. We have to leave and go grocery shopping because we have to make food for your family. And she's like, God damn it. She's so mad. And then this, I loved this. I did So too. then let's see. So she's mad at him for ruining the moment. And sighing and shaking her head, Clover turned around again and once more headed to the bathroom on the second floor. You're lucky I'm in love with you, she said as she started climbing the steps, naked as the day she was born, or I'd be offended by this boorish behavior. Eric rolled onto his back, smiling up at the ceiling. Naughty pine, beautifully finished, probably original. Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) And so he goes upstairs into the shower, knocks on the shower door, and is like, hey, Clover, did you just tell me you're in love with me? And instead of being like, because this happens a lot in these books, where it's like like, they accidentally tell each other they're in love with, like, oh, no, oh, did I let it slip? And she's like, yes, I did. I, yes, am, and I didn't mean to say it. And I feel like we spent enough time together. I've done a lot of math on the number of hours we've spent together, and I think it's appropriate. And I just really liked that. It wasn't a mistake. She and she's like, made the decision. And she's like, and don't don't tell me that you love me right now because I won't believe you. I'm just gonna think that you're telling me because I told you. So tell me whenever you want if <laughs> you feel that way, and if you don't, that's fine too. Okay, get out. I have to shower. <laughs> yes. Okay. So so they go grocery shopping and they do some cooking at her house. Right. And it is wonderful, and they've got a nice little rapport going. Mm-hmm. She's fielding text messages from her family that are not great, I guess. And uh, so here we go. Here's Thanksgiving. Yeah. So let's skip to Thanksgiving. All right. So mom and dad come in first. And Ooh. dad dad tells her she's put on a little weight. Yeah. And mom says, mom looks at her jeans and she's like, oh, I didn't know we were having a casual meal. I wouldn't oh, have right. put in the effort. Yeah. Because her mom's all dressed up. Then, oh, and can I just say, this is my nightmare. A formal Thanksgiving at 1 p.m. where two people have done all the cooking and everyone shows up in dresses and suits to just eat the meal. Mm-hmm. Talk about a hellscape <laughs> of a, of a, uh, what, it's not Anglican. Wasps? What's that? Yeah, like know. a waspy horrible bleh. Mm-hmm. okay 
keep going. <laughs> so that's what's going on with them. Then Hunter shows up, her brother. Yeah. Hunter and his wife show up. And mm-hmm. Clover's like, where are your girls? And they're like, oh, she's with my sister. And then her sister Kelly shows up with them. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. they all show up together. Also no kids. Yeah, and she's like, where are all the kids? And Kelly, we find out later, has sent them to her in-laws place because she didn't want Clover to see them because Clover doesn't comment enough on their photos on Facebook. She thinks she's like trying to stick it to her sister because she Mm -hmm. quote unquote doesn't care about her nieces and nephews. Kelly's always sending pictures and then being like, oh, Clover, you'll never understand what true true happiness is is until you have kids and stuff. And that and Clover really resents that because she doesn't say similar things to Kelly about owning her own business or, you know, other things. So she doesn't comment as much as Kelly would like. Yeah. And Kelly makes all of these um, veiled passive aggressive comments. That's like, well, you know, you don't have kids and your house isn't Mm -hmm. childproof. Isn't childproof. God, I swear to God. you don't care about them anyway. Mm -hmm. And Clover is like, she's crestfallen. She Mm -hmm. is hurt. So she tries to recover. And Eric's like, She also made a lot of like... Pre- uh, preparations too like she made she made a s'mores thing outside they fixed, fixed her deck the whole deck specifically for the kids so they could make s'mores and eric brought over all these provisions so that the kids could make um bird feeders like he set up yeah. a craft for them and everything so she was really upset by that and so then eric's like who wants Let's wine because wine. everyone needs wine i certainly Lisa, do the daughter-in-law follows him in and she's like can i give you a word of advice run the fuck away <laughs> yeah and he's like oh i'm in too deep yeah she's like well it's it's definitely your funeral and this is this is clover's sister-in-law mm-hmm. so she takes her wine and starts downing it like a crazy person and i don't blame her being married no. to hunter the misogynist horrifying human yeah he sucked he made little comments the whole time that were just like somebody like eric's in the kitchen and somebody says that you know, because he's a single dad, he's like playing Mr. Mom because he Hunter knows his way that. around. Oh, it's Hunter who who knows uh-huh. because he knows his way around the kitchen. And he says, nope, not Mr. Mom, just dad, just a normal dad. Dads cook food. Right. And Lisa was like, see, you mm-hmm. can be involved. Mm-hmm. Ugh. So the mom starts needling him and mm-hmm. needling Clover. And she's like, so tell me about your life and tell me about your, I heard you have a daughter. And he is very open and he's just like, here's this arson situation. And she's really fabulous. And and Clover really helped turn her around. And we've both been really thankful to Clover. And it's one of the reasons that I'm, I'm so crazy about her. And then the dad goes, oh, so we can have an eco-terrorist in the family. Isn't that, it's better than what we have right now, which is nothing. Mm -hmm. And the mom goes, I'm Mm -hmm. not so sure about that. And Clover freaks. Yeah, uh, so that's the moment. No, that's that's not yet. Oh, I thought that was the moment. No. So then she follows um, Eric out onto the onto the deck and she's like i can't believe they said that about ruthie i'm so sorry and he's like nope we're grinning and bearing it remember it's totally cool Mm -hmm. i don't care ruthie didn't hear it she's okay right what flips finally is hunter she tells everybody about the buyout offer and she's really proud oh that's what does it and hunter's like oh yeah so how much is it gonna be little sis and she's like five million and the whole table goes silent because they don't think that clover's capable of anything and hunter says oh i didn't know that your business was worth anything or something like that right. or worth that much no worth anything definitely yeah. worth anything oof 
And Clover just flips and Mm -hmm. she says all of the things that she should have said for the last 10 years. And my favorite part about this whole thing is that Eric is, and you hear all of it. You, Mm -hmm. you get line by line, her whole tirade and it's fucking brilliant. But my favorite part is that Eric is not immune. She's like, everybody needs to get out of my house. And Eric's like, what? Why do I need to leave? And she goes, my mother insulted Ruthie to your face and you didn't say a word. Get out. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, oh, okay. Like, he's not pissed. He's He's just like, okay, I'll leave too. My favorite part of her tirade Mm. is that she's like, you come into my house and insult my clothes, my boyfriend, my life choices, my boyfriend's daughter. Eric, you were right. They are a bunch of assholes, except you, Lisa. You're just a pushover. <laughs> says, I know, Lisa said and sighed. <laughs> and then Clover goes, takes one to know one. <laughs> I know. I, I am know. a pushover. Aww. And then, like, so... Eric's like so packing up his stuff. Upstairs. He's like, you know, yeah, she runs well, upstairs. She's crying. She's crying. Yeah. Eric goes to pack up and leave because Clover has disinvited them from her house. Eric is unfazed. He knows that this is just a fight and it's not right. like he's lost her forever, but the family is like, no, we need apologies. She has said some stuff. I mean, during part of this tirade, she points the table and she's like, I fucked him right here this morning. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's pretty so rough. Good. Um, it's so they're so like, good. She will apologize to us. And Eric's like, no, you will leave. You will leave right now. And then, of course, Hunter starts posturing. Mm -hmm. And Eric's like, listen, man, I don't want to do this, but I will drop you if I have to. Just Mm -hmm. leave your sister's house. You are trespassing. We are all trespassing at this point. Right. And so her mother asks Eric, how can you be so relaxed about this? And stands up and pushes the chair into the table so hard it would have chipped the finish off if Clover hadn't put the tablecloth on. About what, Eric asked. Clover told us off. She didn't shoot at us. Has no one ever told you off before? If not, I should recommend acquiring a teenage daughter. You can borrow mine. Do you think we should put the turkey away or nah, it'll be okay. <laughs> like, yeah. just like, eh. I just like these, like, all she did was yell at us, you guys. Right. And then he proceeds to just defend her completely. He's like trying to herd them out of the house. They're not leaving. Mm-hmm. And then he goes on his own, very calm very respectful little tirade of his own where Mm -hmm. you know he just calls them out on everything that he's personally seen and Mm -hmm. this is where lisa finally stands up for herself and um, we find out that kelly the sister has also convinced lisa to send her kids away because she wants Mm -hmm. to get back at clover and clover's been listening to all of this and so at the end of his Mm -hmm. tirade he's like i didn't go to college either oh because that's another thing that thing, happens with yeah. her family. It she dropped really out matter. of college. Yeah. yeah. Read the book. It's really good. But he's like, <laughs> um, he's like, I'm pretty good in my life. I've got my own business. I've got a daughter. I've got a um, a girlfriend I'm madly in love with. And that's and when she comes down the stairs. Him. Romantic she's like, comedy what? style. Yeah. You love me? And he's uh-huh. like, yeah, of course I do. And then they kiss. And then Hunter goes, <clears throat> excuse me we're still here and eric was like mm-hmm. well you probably shouldn't be because here's the thing we're gonna have sex here whether we're you gonna guys have are here or sex. not yeah right you now need to on get this out, table unless <laughs> you want to see some things right and then um then they they do, do right and then they look mm-hmm. up and everybody's gone so they're like oh that worked well, he takes her up to the bed uh-huh. and they have sex and it's lovely. And then, um, oh, oh wait, yeah, there's they, a line they kiss in this and kiss that's and so kiss. Good. Yeah. Is it going to eat food? Because I want yeah. you to read that one. <laughs> so she says, okay, so she says, 
Um, he said, we did forget to eat, didn't we? Uh, sex first and then food after. It's okay, she said, but hurry, I'm starving. Fuck me fast so we can go eat all the meat and pie in the house. <laughs> Eric dropped his head to his chest and playfully wiped a tear from his eye. What? Clover asked. <sighs> Fuck me fast so we can go eat all the meat and pie in the house. Clover, I've waited my whole life to hear those words from a woman. Ah, <laughs> 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 uh, Thanksgiving book. It was so, so good. So lovely. <laughs> So lovely. So yeah, that's that's pretty much. Yeah, I mean, she fields uh, an apologetic phone call from her mother that we mm-hmm. witness and then from the rest of the family as well. And she puts her foot down and she's like, you, you can't keep treating me like this. It's unacceptable. Also, Eric's going to be around for a while. And so um, is Ruthie. So get used to him too. Yeah. And Ruthie is too. And then they go up and pick up Ruthie from the airport. And mm-hmm. it's so cute. And and he goes to park the car so that Clover and Ruthie can have their own time. Because mm-hmm. Clover wants to make sure that Ruthie really is cool with all of this. Mm-hmm. And uh, ugh, it's just so good. Yeah. And then Ruthie, while she didn't have her phone, she didn't have her phone for like three days and she's 17. So she was going nuts. She did some research on the company that's going to buy Clover's Nursery and found out that they have all these environmental violations or they've been dumping toxic shmushmas into the environment. And they're probably buying Clover's Nursery, which is called Clover Green's Nursery. Like it's called Clover's whatever, whatever. Yeah. Because they're buying her name because they've got to get out of this uh, scandal. And so yeah. she decides not to sell the nursery, and <sighs> everyone lives happily ever after. Happy Thanksgiving. It's so sweet. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. Ugh. I really enjoyed this book. And once again, yeah. it was quick and snappy. And so mm-hmm. as a result, we could review it in a quick and snappy re- way. There weren't like 17 plot lines, which, don't get me <laughs> wrong, I love. But like, you know, it gets a bit cumbersome. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. So... Okay, do you have a self-love recommendation? I do. I have, it's a very literal, well, not, not, not literal self-love. Oh. Uh, Wait, let me, um, just a sec. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I have two. One is I'm feeling incredibly thankful. And so my self-love recommendation is to bite the bullet and do something creative and or fun, preferably with a best friend. Because I have had so much fun doing this podcast so far. And I know we talked about it for like two years and I couldn't get my shit together. And I'm just, now that we're doing it, I'm I'm really happy. And I, I love doing this with you. And so... <laughs> My self-love recommendation is to grab a pal and do something that makes you both giggle and have a great time. <laughs> Melody, I can't follow that. Yes, Wait, you what, can. How are you doing? Can I go first? That's bullshit. No. I you know didn't what? Mine all along was also that I'm so <laughs> thankful for your friendship. God damn it. Now I look like an asshole. No, you don't. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> You want to know my other self-love recommendation? Yeah, let's do your other one. Because I have another one. <laughs> so it's so other- sweet. <laughs> yeah, the other God. one is, um, if you're on Instagram, follow Olivia Wilde, because she's a delight. <laughs> Mine's an Instagram account, too. Stop it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I was like, God, she's going to like pour her heart out about our friendship and make everybody tear up here. Everyone, meaning you and me. And I'm going to recommend a goddamn Instagram page. God damn it. <laughs> well, you know what? Great minds think alike. 
Um, I love you, and I'm also very thankful for your friendship. Uh, but <laughs> instead of writing that down, <laughs> I uh, have an Instagram page to recommend. The Instagram is at body panda, which is body b o d y p o s i p a n d a. And the I really like that account too. Yeah, the author of that account is uh, Megan Jane Crab, who used to have a lot of eating disorder issues. And now she is a body positivity unicorn angel who um, Mm. frequently does shakes and shimmies um, in all of her plus size glory and um, uh, just writes these beautiful comments. What do you call it? Captions to these pictures. Yeah. Yeah. That are just like odes to her fat rolls and just like loves, 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 loves herself. And she is gorgeous and wonderful. And she has recently written a book called Body Positive Power, which I have not read, but I can only imagine if it's anything like her captions on her Instagram page, they are beautiful and wonderful. And she also highlights a lot of other body positive Instagram accounts and women who are out there doing the work. So, yeah, it, it makes my heart happy every time I see one of her posts so that is my recommendation yay (laughs) all right cool all right so you know where to find us um at heaving bosoms on instagram heaving bosoms podcast at gmail.com please 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 review us we love getting reviews of any kind but really we love good reviews and yeah I'm super stoked about life and I'm glad that we're doing this me too Mel Keep being a badass. And love yourself as much as you love fucking fast so you can eat all the meat and pie in the house. Yes! (laughs) All right. See you, Mel. All right. Bye. And happy Thanksgiving, HBs. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show.